everyone, my name is Elise Compton, and I think my mic is on. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> we are so sorry. We are so new to this. This is our very first episode. Um, like I said, my name is Elise, and this is my co-host. I'm Rebecca. Um, we are starting a new show called FBI. Really hope this is working. Um <laughs> think it is but so we are going to be talking about true crime conspiracies everything under the sun um we're sorry we're late yeah. we were supposed to start at 11 <laughs> but there was a bit of a problem getting the the keys to the studio that was so fun time. <laughs> here we are yeah <laughs> um so today we're going to be talking about the murder of john benet ramsey so let's get started um, John Benet Ramsey was born August 6, 1990, in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> um, Is it recording? Yeah. Yeah. Her mother's name was Patsy, her father's name was John, and she had an older brother, Bert. I have no idea. She just wants to say it right I now. know. Sorry, guys, we're trying to figure it out, but none of us can really we can't work it out we should do it maybe but it's not good yet because i can't tell if we're even on air oh so you're like really loud in my ear oh really <laughs> yeah let's try this i can like barely hear you <laughs> Sorry, guys, give us one second. <laughs> I really hope this is working. Hello? I don't think anything. <gasps> okay, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> now that we figured it out, let's it's give working. this another it's go. Working. It's working. Okay. 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 <clears throat> uh, in 1991, the Ramseys <laughs> relocated from Georgia to Boulder, Colorado, a town 45 minutes from Denver. Jean Benet followed in the footsteps of her mother and was a child pageant star and was crowned Little Miss Colorado in 1995. At the age of six, Jean Benet had won five pageant titles. On the morning of December 26, 1996, at 5.52 a.m., Patsy Ramsey called the Boulder Police Department to report that her daughter had been kidnapped and that she had found a ransom note on the staircase detailing the kidnapper's demands. $118,000, and for the Ramseys to not involve the police or family and friends, the kidnapper would call between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. with further instructions. Police officers were dispatched to the house within minutes, where they conducted a cursory search of the home and found no signs of forced entry. One of the officers on the scene found a latched door that led to the basement, but left it alone, stating that he was only looking for signs of forced entry. There was no follow-up call from the kidnapper, and nearly five hours passed with no sign <coughs> of Jean Benet. Patsy and John called friends to come wait with them, and around 1 p.m., an officer told John and his friend, Fleet White, to look through the house again for any missed signs. John immediately went for the latch basement door, and upon opening the door, found the body of Jean Benet. She was found with her torso covered in a white blanket, her mouth duct-taped shut, and nylon cord wrapped around her neck and wrists. John removed the duct tape and brought the body upstairs, where she was placed in the living room. Her mother flung herself over the body and wept for her child. In the basement where she was found, police found a single bootprint on an old suitcase beneath a broken window. There were no footprints leading away from the house through the snow, 
there was no evidence of rape, but there were some signs of sexual trauma, including a drop of blood found in her underwear. An autopsy conducted by an ME, which is a medical examiner, found that Jean Benet had a skull fracture, that, um, but the fracture had not killed her, as she was alive when she was strangled, and her official cause of death was ruled asphyxiation by strangulation. <laughs> there was also undigested pineapple found in her stomach, and a bowl of fruit was also found on the kitchen counter by police. Following the discovery of the body, rumours and theories circulated around not only the shaken town of Boulder, but also throughout the nation. Who could have committed such a heinous crime to kill a six-year-old in her own home and then leave the body for her family to discover? Why did the kidnapper never follow up on the demands of their ransom note? And, even more troubling, how has the killer never been caught? There are two dominant theories that are still thrown around today, almost 23 years after Jean Benet's body was found. The first one is that an intruder broke into their home on Christmas Day, tied Jean Benet up, sexually assaulted her, and killed her, leaving her body in the basement for her family to find. The second is that someone in her family killed her and staged the kidnapping, the ransom note, and the murder. Disclaimer here, we are in no way suggesting one of these theories is more credible than the other and are simply reporting facts. Please don't sue us. Firstly, we're going to be discussing the intruder theory. The handling of the original crime scene was incredibly problematic and so would have reduced any chance on finding DNA throughout the house. However, that single drop of blood on Jean Monnet's underwear that we mentioned earlier was tested and was not linked to anyone in the Ramsey family, including Jean Bonnet herself. Even to this day, it's never been linked to any one person. In October 2016, it was discovered that the blood in fact belonged to two separate people, though neither of these people have ever been identified. Additionally, on the garage used to strangle her, DNA was found that also didn't belong to anyone in the Ramsey family. Since the case, two prominent suspects have been identified. The first was Bill McReynolds, who was an elderly man who lived in the same neighborhood as the Ramseys and had dressed up as Santa Claus in the week before Christmas. Those present at the Christmas event noticed he had paid a little too much attention to John Bonnet and had asked John Bonnet to be his quote-unquote special friend. John Bonnet had gifted him a vial of glitter, which he brought into heart surgery with him after her murder and asked his wife to mix it with his ashes when he died. However, his involvement is extremely unlikely. It's more likely that he was simply a friendly old man who took a shining to the little girl and was then implicated in her murder. The other suspect, however, might not be so favorable. From a prison cell on charges of child pornography, Gary Oliva confessed in letters to his friend to seeing the murder and that he, quote, never loved anyone like I did Jean Benet, unquote. Whether there's any truth to this confession remains unknown, but when he was arrested, he had photos of Jean Benet and a poem titled Ode to Jean Benet. Worth highlighting as well, is the admission of John Mark Carr. In 2006, Carr was arrested in Thailand after confessing to being in the house with Jean Benet at the time of the murder. Carr claimed that he drugged, sexually assaulted, and accidentally murdered her. However, in his statement, he only provided basic knowledge that was easily accessible to the public, and no traces of drugs were found in her system, contradicting his own story. There was also no DNA connecting him to the scene, so he was released though he has since been arrested multiple times on child pornography charges. Now we move into the most widely believed theory, that someone in her family killed her. Again, we are only stating facts and are in no way attempting to incriminate someone in the murder. The behavior of the Ramseys during the initial investigation has been described by many involved as unusual. Though the ransom notes specifically told them not to call the police, that was the first thing Patsy did. The ransom note also brought many questions to light. 
It was almost three pages long, but was written on paper and with a pen from Patsy's own office. Why would a kidnapper write a note that long from inside the house and run the risk of someone from the family waking up and discovering them? Handwriting analysis also indicated that it was written by a woman and by someone whose script bore a remarkable similarity to Patsy's. When Jean Benet's body was found, her father moved the body and tampered with it by removing the blanket and duct tape over her mouth, potentially destroying crucial evidence. There was no sign of forced entry, but many officers on the scene thought the crime scene looked almost staged, as if to hide something. Finally, the Ramseys were initially reluctant to cooperate with police when they were questioned, though they did state that this was because they were worried that they would be the focus of the investigation instead of the kidnapper, which is exactly what happened. In 1999, a grand jury chose to indict John and Patsy Ramsey on charges of child endangerment. A grand jury is a panel of between 16 and 23 people who are much like a regular trial jury, except for the fact that the only person in the room with the jury is the prosecutor and whoever they choose to bring up as a witness. There is no judge. According to the case, Jean Benet's parents, quote, did unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of Jean Benet Ramsey, a child under the age of 16, end quote. What this means is that, whether intentionally or not, Jean and Patsy Ramsey caused Jean Benet's death at the age of six. There was enough evidence for a grand jury to, to indict, but District Attorney Alex Hunter refused to prosecute the Ramseys, and so they were never convicted. The purpose of a grand jury is to provide the prosecutor with proof that there's enough evidence for a trial to go forward. Typically, following an indictment by a grand jury, the case is then taken to trial, but not with the Ramseys. Burke Ramsey, Jean Benet's older brother, was nine years old when she was found murdered. According to his own account, he had been awoken by his mother when she burst into his room and demanded to know if he had seen his sister. When he said he hadn't, Patsy told him that something had happened, and then she left. Around 7am, Burke was removed from the Ramsey's home and taken to a neighbour's home to wait it out as the police went through their home. Accounts by all members of the Ramsey family say that neither Burke nor Jean Benet have been out of their room since the night before. But this is disproved by the bowl of pineapple found on the counter that had Burke's fingerprints on it and that neither Patsy nor John remembered giving him. Burke was interrogated by at least three different police officers and child psychologists who all determined that he had nothing to do with the murder. In 2017, Burke filed a lawsuit against CBS for defamation of character after the release of the documentary The Case of Jean Benet Ramsey, which posited that Burke had killed her. One theory related to Burke is that he killed his sister in a fit of rage or in a childish game gone wrong, and that their parents, in a desperate bid to keep their eldest, and now only, child out of trouble and with them, attempted to cover up what had happened and then staged the murder scene, wrote the ransom note, and called the police. However, this theory is complicated in several ways. The Emmy reported that there were signs of sexual abuse that had occurred quite recently before her murder, and no DNA found on the body was ever linked to either John or Burke. There were also no reports that John had ever acted inappropriately with Jean Benet. Furthermore, according to one investigator, Jean Benet's skull had an 8-inch fracture from being struck over the head, and the force required to create such a fracture was likened to the amount of force that a, quote, 350-pound lineman, unquote, would have, would have had. Finally, her cause of death was asphyxiation, which means she would have been alive when she was strangled. Unless one of the Ramses was hiding some sort of psychotic tendency, it seems highly unlikely they would have gone to such extremes, like strangling their daughter, in order to protect the innocence of their son. 
There have been a lot of cases where parents have covered up the deaths of their children, whether accidental or intentional, by staging murder scenes or kidnappings. But evidence suggests that this isn't what happened with the Ramsey family. Jean Benet was a child beauty queen and was well known throughout the state of Colorado, at least in the pageant scene. In 2008, Boulder District Attorney Mary Lacey wrote in a letter to the Ramseys that they were cleared of any involvement in the murder and in 2016 cited previously unknown evidence. Outside Jean Benet's room, a butt print was found in the carpet that indicated to investigators that someone had sat outside her room and waited for the house to quiet and had then taken the little girl from her bedroom to kill her. I think worth pointing out are both the 911 call Patsy made and the ransom note that was discovered at the bottom of the staircase. In the 911 call, Patsy never used Jean Benet's name when talking to the operator and instead continually repeated, we have a kidnapping. She refers to Jean Benet as my daughter and tells the operator that her daughter is missing and that she found a note from the kidnappers. One interesting part is when she says, I am the mother, which many linguistic experts say seems detached. She doesn't say, I am her mother, which shows a distance from the child. After she's reported the kidnapping, Patsy hangs up, a pho- hangs up the phone in a move that many have labeled bizarre. Why not stay on the line until help arrived? Why not continue talking to 911 until police showed up and could have taken over? The ransom note is viewed as different things to different people who have something to say about the case. It was found around 6 a.m. by Patsy Ramsey, and it was the first clue that something was wrong. It was three pages long and, as we said before, was written on pad and paper found within the home. All five members of the family, including John's two older children from a previous marriage, provided samples of their handwriting for comparison, and so did Bill McReynolds and John's friend, Fleet White. The note was addressed to John, and the first line read, listen, quote, listen carefully, end quote. We are a group of individuals that represent a small faction. <laughs> the note told them they were to have $118,000 in cash and that they would have contacted with further instructions. At the bottom of the note, it was signed, quote, Victory SBTC, end quote. No one, even now, knows what this means, though many people have ideas, including, quote, shall be the conqueror, end quote, and, quote, son of Sam, BTK, uh, trailside killer, Carmine Calabro, end quote, all of whom were serial killers operating throughout the 20th century. Handwriting analysis is not an exact and perfect science, but instead works off the assumption that no two handwritings are the same and that each person has a handwriting that's unique to them. Handwriting experts say that the conditions the note was written in were not ideal for analysis, and the length of it is unusual. It's still one of the longest ransom notes written for a kidnapping. Fingerprints were found on the note, but they all belonged to detectives who had handled the note, not to any of the Ramseys. A profile created by the FBI suggested that the writer of the note was a female between the ages of 29 and 40 who knew the family and the home, and that Jean Benet was already dead when the ransom note was written. However, another psychologist stated that the note was written by someone whose native language wasn't English, and yet another stated that a female involved with law, with law enforcement wrote it. So, what did happen that night? We may never know, but what we do know is this. Jean Benet Ramsey was a beautiful little girl who had a whole life ahead of her, and was instead murdered in her own home. Her parents and her brother were understandably devastated by what happened, and the town of Boulder was shaken to its very core. To this day, 23 years later, her murderer has never been found, and no one new has been linked to the case. So, what do we think? What do you think? I don't know. It's a tough one. It is. It's 
I mean, there's like kind of things on like both sides. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are things that support intruder, and there are things that support not an intruder. Somebody in the family. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's hard to know, especially they didn't have the best DNA testing back then. Yeah. And so, like, even testing it now, it's probably deteriorated. It's probably tough to do that. Like, yeah. I don't know. And like, even the fact that. You know, the, the sample of blood that was in her underwear was so small. Yeah. And then it took years later for them to say, you know, there are DNA in this house that belongs to two separate people. That was years after. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of it is like they didn't bring it up when the case was first released. Like that butt print yeah. on the carpet floor has never been heard of before until 2016. 16. Yeah. So why not release that to the public? Why? Yeah. And that's, like, very much, like, an intruder type thing, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine sitting outside someone's room waiting for them. Waiting for the house to go to, like, waiting for everybody to go to sleep. Like, that's creepy. That's terrifying. Yeah. So. I don't know. What do you think about the handling of the crime scene? I think it was horrendous. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) I mean... I mean, if, like, say it was a kidnapping, right? Mm -hmm. What you're supposed to do for a kidnapping is cordon off the whole house because the whole house is you know potential for mm. dna you know if she was trailed whatever but they only did her bedroom and then they let everybody else in and then the ramses they had like family members come over and friends come over helping like clean the house and stuff yeah like when the police and all were there and then there wasn't like a turnover for like it's supposed to be like police enter and then like detectives enter and then the police leave because there's like like a an exit thing that they have to sign and stuff but that didn't happen mm-hmm. they all kind of just showed up and straight through the house it was just damaged so much potential evidence yeah and i mean something i read said like as the police were lifting fingerprints and like trying to get as much dna mm-hmm. as possible a social worker was coming through and cleaning everything which is just like i don't i think what gets me is i don't understand why a police officer didn't go okay everybody get out like yeah why only quarantine off that singular room why not do the rest of the house did they like there was an un there was an opened back door right <clears throat> mm-hmm. so why not apparently apparently <laughs> so why not you know look for bring fingerprints on that or you know try to figure out what happened there it just it boggles my mind how everything went so wrong yeah. in this one case and the detectives apparently apparently um, they went to the headquarters first, like at the police station. They're not supposed to. They were like called, so they were supposed to go straight to the house, but they went to the station instead. I read that, and it's not supposed to happen like that. Why would that happen though? Like what? I don't know. And then there's like arguments saying that, you know, it was understaffed because of the holiday season, mm. you know, and things like that. But yeah. still, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it was, <clears throat> it was an affluent neighborhood. Jean Benet was like probably well known around the town of, Bo- of Boulder, so why mm-hmm. not send everybody to try to figure out where a little a six year old had gone missing? Yeah, well known or not, like right. you know what I mean? It's just it doesn't make sense. Everything that could have gone wrong it went wrong. Go. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's sad, and the fact that nobody thought to check that latched basement door. Right, I mean. That police officer, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying that um, he was only looking for signs of forced entry, but like someone could have been hiding in the house. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so. I think the thing about the 
Oh, should we say her body was actually behind that latch door? Like, if he had have opened that door, she yeah. was in there, just so you guys know. Yeah. Um, I think the thing about the latch door that I think is so interesting is, like, it kind of complicates... I don't know. It complicates it for me. Like, because there was a broken window found in the basement, you'd assume that the broken window was how somebody, like, a kidnapper got out. Mm-hmm. But... All the cobwebs were still there. All the cobwebs were still there. Mm-hmm. And then the door was latched from the outside. Mm-hmm. which wouldn't work if somebody yeah. escaped that way. So that would mean that somebody's put her in there, left, and then closed it again. Like, they mm-hmm. would have to go in to leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all very, very interesting. So without saying, without being too explicit, what do you think happened? Oh, that's so difficult. <laughs> that's, like, such a question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. There are things on both sides. I mean, it could have, like, there are things to say it could have been an intruder, like the whole thing with the baseball bat. Um, there were two found. Do you want to explain the baseball bat? Yeah. <laughs> there were two found on the north side of the home, but John Ramsey had stated they didn't, like, he was pretty sure they only owned one, and when Patsy Ramsey was questioned about it, um, she couldn't say whether or not there was more than one bat. And um, it was the second um, one that was metal. That would surely have the force to cause, because it was an eight inch, eight inch? Eight and a half inch. Eight and a half inch fracture on that poor girl. And that would have caused it, and it wouldn't have splintered. And they can't recognize the bat, so why would it be there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, somebody could have, but then there were no, like, stains on it. But someone easily could have just washed it. Sort of, sort of cleaned it off. And then no fingerprints, because gloves... That's true. Yeah. That's very true. So it could have been an intruder. Someone could have just slipped in and slipped out. I mean, there was a case, um, there was not a similar case, but a similar case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's a girl, and we're just going to call her Amy because that's just the quote name that she's been given. And she was a girl, she was a 14-year-old girl, so I know there's a bit of a age difference there. But there are people thinking, there are people out there um, thinking that, you know, the person who did this is, like, the person who did that to Jean-Benet Ramsey yeah. and whatever. But this little girl was in her bedroom with her mother at home and some man came in into her room, covered her mouth, sexually assaulted her, said, if you talk, I'm going to hurt you, basically. Mm-hmm. And then slipped in and slipped out. No one even knew how he got in. No one knew how he got out. Yeah. And, you know, so if someone can get into a house, they had like a burglary alarm system. So he'd obviously been there before the alarm was set. You know, anybody can get in and out yeah. if you watch the house long enough. I mean, this case happened nine months after Jean Bonnet, so they could have been studying for like nine months or yeah. whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, the whole thing with Jean Bonnet's family, they weren't home. You know, they left to go, like, out to, like, a Christmas party. Yeah, or they something. went to a Christmas party. So, like, someone could have just got in because the dog wasn't there either. Yeah. So, someone could have just got in, waited, and then that was it. Yeah. Um. So, the Ramseys had two dogs, right? Two or one, I can't remember. I think it was two. Either way, they had dogs that barked whenever anything happened around the house. And according to neighbors' reports, there was no barking Mm -mm. the night of the murder. There was, it was silent, Mm -hmm. which kind of either makes you think that it must have been somebody who the dogs trusted, right? Or somebody who slipped in before anybody would have noticed dogs barking, but like before two in the morning. Yeah. Um, So... We also don't know what time John Binet was killed at. Yeah, they couldn't determine it. Medical examiner 
didn't want to make that kind of statement and didn't want to put that out there and say she was killed at a certain time because it's not, again, an exact science to yeah. look at time of death. So it's all very interesting. Anything else to talk about? It's just so sad. It's so like sad. Like, she was wearing, like, a bracelet that had, like, Christmas Day on it, like, the date and everything. She'd obviously just gotten it that day. Yeah. She was wearing it when she died. It's so sad. It's so sad. And she was so small and so young. And mm-hmm. I... Six years old. Uh, that's horrible. Yeah. You know. So, <laughs> I went into this with a very set idea of what had happened. Yeah, we both we both did. we both were like no 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 we know who did it yeah we know how this happened but the more research I did into it the more I was like yeah and it's like things that like aren't like pub like publicly like right. made aware or like the things that make you change your mind yeah and it's like whoa like if things I had you gotta that, like yeah. look through and yeah. to be honest looking through all the stuff that we oh, found on the horrible. internet was oh. really tough but. It was definitely interesting because there's so many mm. different theories floating around there's the internet. There's so many theories. So many ideas. Um, one of the biggest ones is that Patsy did it. Mm. Her mother did it. Which, So apparently, according to people who knew the family, including a maid who worked for the family, um, Jean Benet had a bedwetting problem. And apparently, like, she do it at least once a day her mom would have to get up and change the sheets and wash them blah 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 um and so one popular theory that we didn't really talk about was that she in a fit of anger over jean benet wetting the bed hit her child but like we said an eight inch skull fracture yeah i don't know but then she did panic over the other bat didn't she like she patsy when she was questioned about the other bat like she was like oh i can't say like You'd have to ask Burke. Like, she referred it to Burke. Yeah. Why? Her, ch- her son was nine. Mm. What would you... So she was quite, like, panicky. Whereas John was like, no, we don't own two bats. So it's, like, quite, like... Yeah. And the other bat was a metal bat, right? Mm-hmm. One wooden, one metal. I feel like a wooden one would have splintered. Yeah, but and she stated, like, metal bats are expensive. And she's like, I don't know, I don't know. You'd have to ask Burke. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. This whole case is just... There are just a lot of things. Like, what do you think of the ransom note? Like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Because, like, people are saying that, you know, it's so similar to Patsy's and, and things like that. Like, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think there's so many different interpretations of it. There's so many different handwriting analysis that has happened, and people are like, oh, no, 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 it's definitely written by Ramsey because it had similar features to hers. And, and $118, right. that's inside... Information from it. Yeah, like the 118,000. I don't know if we mentioned, but it was the exact amount that. And yeah, of his bonus the previous year. John's that bonus. John had just received as a bonus, which is an interesting number because why would you randomly mm-hmm. choose 118,000? Why not round up? Why not round down? Um, I don't know. It's. I think it's a tricky situation because, like, wh- if it was a kidnapper why break into their home write the ransom note risk somebody waking up and finding you writing this three and a half page ransom note Mm -hmm. and then there's also a thing in the notepad and it it started off with like mr and mrs i or dear mr and mrs i and people believe that that was like a false start 
Yes. Ooh. Yeah. I find it in like the notepad. And then there's also like pages that were torn and missing, but I mean, that could have been done in like yeah, a year. Yeah, it could have been anybody. You know what I mean? But yeah, apparently there was like a false start and then they started again. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely find the whole ransom note online. Um, yeah. But it's really long. It's really long and it's really sad to read. Yeah. Um, a lot of people definitely think that it is indicative of the fact that Jean Benet was dead when it was written. Yeah. Because it has a very caring tone. It's talking about, you know. Yeah. But then it starts to say, like, you know, when we return her, like, she's with us. But yeah. it's like, no, she's not. She's in the basement. Like, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Christmas, too. Like, she was probably so excited for Christmas, and then that happened. And it was the day after Christmas, and they were going up to Michigan on a family vacation. And they made a phone call, didn't they? Yeah, John so John, John, I keep saying John, John. <laughs> um, John, the father, made a phone call. So they were supposed to go up to Michigan, mm. and John made a phone call to the pilot of their private jet. Mm. Um, and I'm not really sure what he said, but something I read said that he was like, oh, we'll be there soon, you know. But this was like Boxing Day, right? Yeah, it was like pretty soon after the police had arrived. and That's like wild. Right? Like what? Wouldn't you want to, like, see if your child turns up? Like, I I would never, I would never go somewhere if I had, if I, if my kid wasn't next to me. Like, even if you had a vacation planned, you'd be like, no, 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 my kid is more important. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't go. They went pretty soon after, I think. But, like, not on Boxing Day, right? No, they didn't go that day. But they eventually ended up moving up to Michigan um, and left Colorado behind. So, which is... What do you think of the theory that both of the parents did it? So, like, one might have did it, one went to the other one and was like, help, what have I done? And then they all sat and kind of regret. I don't think it's plausible. I I don't think the parents did it. I don't think anybody no. in the Ramsey family did it. I'm just going to come out and say it. I When I first started this, I really did think the Ramseys had something to do with it, but I don't think so. I think... The more you know... The, the more, right? Yeah. Like... So many people are like, no, 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 Berg definitely did it. He killed her in a fit of We're rage. not saying that, by the We're way. We're not saying that. We're don't saying say the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have $750 million. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Ramses did it. I think, and I think they, mu- they were persecuted in the public eye because their little girl was killed. And, like, I think. But what do you think of the thing? And it was like, it was like a few months after until they agreed to be interviewed separately by the police. It was four months or three months. I think that's interesting, but I also think it's a valid point where they were like, we don't want to get interviewed because we're not the killers. Well, no, interviewed separately. Like, they could be interviewed as a couple, but until they didn't want to be alone interviewed for a few months, people were saying, like, oh, get your story straight, you know, learn it off by heart. But, like, I don't see that, but I just think that that's a weird thing. But then, you know, maybe they just didn't want to separate from the loss of a child. Were So they they were eventually interviewed separately? Yeah, a few months after, because they didn't want to, and then they agreed to it. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, their behavior is suspicious, but it's not suspicious enough for me to be like, no, 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 they killed their kid. Yeah. Like, I think it takes a certain amount, and nobody who knew them said, you know, they had violent tendencies, they were nasty to their kids. Burke has come out and said, we were never hit, we were never spanked, nothing ever happened. But why would he say that? Because somebody was like, is there any possibility that your mother snapped and just killed your kid? 
The other thing about that that I don't understand about the parents doing it is she was still alive when she was strangled. Yeah, I know. So if and she was conscious too. Like yeah, really I think so. And so if she was like smacked over the head and some like a parent like her mom was like, oh my god, I've killed my kid. Why strangle her? Yeah. Why go that extra step and strangle her? The reason we're saying she was conscious was because she had something under her fingernails. She had scrapings under her fingernails, which yeah. makes she was like self defense. Yeah. So, we're yeah. almost out of time. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were, like, what, 15 minutes, minutes late? We yeah. Were 15 minutes late. We were half an hour late. Half an hour late? 11.30. <gasps> oh, flip. Yeah, so, hopefully, next time... We'll get the keys. <laughs> we'll get the keys. Um, now we know how to work the equipment, so... Yeah. Hopefully, everything goes well next time. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We hope you guys enjoyed this. Yeah. We really liked getting to do all the research and putting it together. Yeah, it was interesting. Sad, even but interesting. Very sad, even if we did end up on some kind of sketchy websites. Oh, yeah, I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, oh, I can't. I'm still picturing, like, the things we saw. Oh, oh no, it's awful. If you want to do your own research, go for it, but... Yeah, we would if you find anything, let us know. Email Queen's Radio, you know. Yeah, if you have any theories, if you have any ideas. Yeah, we'd love to hear. If anyone's actually listening, you yeah, know. Really <laughs> hope are listening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, next week, what are we going to talk about? What are we talking about next week? I don't know. We've got a couple ideas. Yeah, but also, if there's anything in particular that you guys want us to talk about, please let us know. Message the Queen's Radio email. Yeah message us i think i said my name at the start of the show so say it again <laughs> my name is elise compton uh, find me on facebook find me on instagram find me on twitter um and let us know what you'd like to hear yeah and if you are out there listening please come back next week yes. <laughs> hopefully 11 to 12 uh next thursday yeah we might be talking about the jfk murders we oh, might yeah, be yeah, talking yeah. about the conspiracy yeah but then if we get a request we'll do that we'll first. do the request but you gotta let us know, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Do you want the song play? Do you just want to say hello to our presenters? Well, now you can do it. Download the Queen's Radio app and go to our presenter listener chat. We'll be happy to play your song, give you a shout out, or just say hello. Queen's Radio.